Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, November 23rd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelia Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Yetis. It's a short week, Bless. So we got to gotta start it off right. We got to end it right. Pretty much simultaneously. So I'm going to need some energy. I'm going to need some fun for this I got Kind the of energy. Funny Games Daily. I got the fun. the fun. There we go. Tim. Dream team. What you been playing this weekend? That's what I want to start off with. Didn't play I... much this weekend, honestly. Okay. The, you know, Thanksgiving, it's a whole thing. A lot of having to clean, having to like, get everything all set up and shit. So, yeah, not too much fun had this week. Have you touched that Age of Calamity? I haven't played a little bit of Age of Calamity. And it's I'm into it. I'm into it. Okay. It's not what I expected. It is so? more complex than I expected it to be, just based on what I know of Musso's. But it is simpler than it looks. Because it looks so much like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of caught in a weird place for me where I'm enjoying it for sure. I started it last night and I, I'm in a similar place of not knowing what to expect really because I've never been a, a, a Muso person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, first off, switching to Age of Calamity from playing uh, Miles Morales. Actually, no, it was Spider-Man Remastered on the PS5 where it was like 60 FPS you know, PS5 graphics, super smooth <laughs> gameplay, and on the same monitor, switching to my Switch, and then switching to Age of Calamity, I was like, whoa, <laughs> next gen is here, because this looks, whoa, like, it is, like, it, it looks like the, uh, uh, you know, when you when you walk into, like, the Farron Woods or whatever in Breath of the Wild, you walk into, like, the Lost Woods, and then in, in, in mm-hmm. it's all framing and all that chugs. stuff. Yeah, it chugs. It felt like that off the bat, which, Ooh. like... I didn't have that experience, but I, have, I, get, okay. I get what you're saying. And I, I, I think it was the forth. effect. I think it was more so the effect of going from smooth Spider-Man yeah. to playing Age of Calamity on the Switch. We're but spoiled, man. We're, we're, we're super spoiled. But once I got into it a bit, I was like, all right, I see where this is going. This is this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, they they really nailed the Breath of the Wild aesthetic. And then also, Absolutely. like, a lot a lot of the, the action-y uh, uh, special moves and, like, different options that you have for different characters. Like, it's really exciting. Like, it's really hype. Like I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah, it's and that's the thing. I, I'm gonna stick with it uh, because it's it's just it's fun. Like there's just moments where it's like it's what I love about video games. You know, it kind of just mm-hmm. feels rewarding to be clicking the buttons, and that's really all you should have to ask for. But oftentimes games aren't fun in that way, right? Like it's like they can nail story, they can nail like the look and all this stuff. But it's like if it isn't fun to actually do, it's kind of missing the whole point of existing. Oh yeah, no, that's that, that's definitely for sure. Now. To flip that question around, mm. what is the game you're looking forward to now? What's next on your it's list? Cyberpunk, man. Mm-hmm. Like Cyberpunk's the rest of my year. I can't wait for it to come. Can't wait to play it. I, I have my PC ready. Let's go. I feel like we're gonna get codes at any moment. It's yeah, leaked apparently. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point today. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about PS5 being completely sold out, and we're gonna talk about more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you like tim said earlier it's a it's a short week uh there's no kfgd on wednesday thursday and friday because of thanksgiving uh tim what do you have any exciting thanksgiving plans i know it's a pandemic and so you probably can't do the 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 um 
which is what they call it, Big Supper, Grand Supper. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the big supper, the grand big supper, supper. <laughs> the big supper, I mean, grand supper. Last supper is probably what the you're thinking supper. about, it, yeah. which is not a Thanksgiving thing at yeah, it's all. Not a, that's a, that's a, I know it's yeah, not a Thanksgiving thing, thing, but when I think of like a like when I think of a dope Thanksgiving, I think of I think of Jesus in the middle, right? Like I think I think of the big old everyone feast. just sit on one side. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. almost, I think of Judas in the back somewhere about to stab some backs, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Thanksgiving to me is always my best friend Kurt's birthday uh, is always November 28th. So it's around Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving weekends when we celebrate it. And that's the thing that I've been talking about forever, where it's like our annual kind of boys trip of all getting together, playing video games and stuff. This year obviously has to be a little bit smaller of a shindig, uh, mm. but we are, we're looking forward to that, you know, getting Dope. a couple of us getting together, playing a shit ton of Super Smash Brothers, and I cannot wait to see how confused they all are when I bust out some Steve, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this like, guy? What's even man? happening? What <laughs> game is he from?" Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Tom Bach and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by What the Golf? It's Snowtime, which is available now exclusively on Apple Arcade. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. The Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one, Tim Gettys. Would it surprise you if I told you that absolutely every PS5 is sold out, according to Sony? It would not surprise me, but like when you say it like that, it's kind of like, whoa, that's so, whoa. insane. How did we get here in 2020? Oh, I'm excited for the details on this. Like, I, I, mean, I haven't read the article yet, so I, I'm stoked to hear exactly what they mean by this and when is that going to change? So this is from Sammy Barker at Push Square. According to, according to boss Jim Ryan, speaking with Russian outlet TASS, quote, absolutely everything is sold, end quote. While there has been a trickle of PS5 stock returning to the retail channel this week, it's gone in minutes, and the executive has revealed that, after spending much of the year ensuring there's demand for the machine, now he's focused on getting enough devices into the market to meet demand. Quote, everything is sold. Absolutely everything is sold, he said. I spent much of the last year trying to trying to be sure that we can generate enough demand for the product, and, and now in terms of my executive bandwidth, I'm now spending a lot more time on trying to increase supply to meet that demand, end quote. We're still waiting for a press release on PS5's initial sales figures, but it looks like the company sold every single console it can manufacture. The challenge it, the challenge it now faces is swiftly getting more units into the supply chain because it looks like the product is poised to be difficult to find for the foreseeable future. So, Tim, not many details there. Basically, Jim Ryan stunting and being like, yeah, man. Like my job early in the year was was to get de- get demand up. Turns out I succeeded, and these things are sold out. And that's yeah, bas- that was basically the whole totally. quote there. And again, not a big surprise here, but it, you know, I would have liked to see a couple more actual dates of okay, by January we'll have X amount more in the wild and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But they're obviously not ready to to keep going and keep saying all that stuff. Uh, I I saw it, it might have been on the kind of funny subreddit or another subreddit I follow that went along with this story of somebody posting a picture that Sony accidentally sent them. So, so someone Sony sent them a, their PS five with an extra dual sense. Oh, wow. So like, the box just came with a separate, yeah, it's an accident. Okay. And then a week later, they got another box. that was another PS five with another dual sense. And they're like, what, what the ha- fuck? And yeah, then Corey Cudney obviously had the, the disc situation, which I'm surprised we didn't get a follow-up and hear other people have that experience. Because Kevin had that theory of, you know, the disc versus phys- physical of like, they were just like, all right, well, 
you know, there are less dis- discless versions I think it was Greg's being theory. made. Was it? I don't yeah, like I giving Greg right. credit for so. anything, though. I believe so. I like giving Kevin credit. I mean, I'll I like it was Kevin that said it. You deserve the gold star on behalf of Greg's theory. Oh, that makes eight for this month so far. Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. we? Are, is the is the star system back? Are we doing this again? Uh, Davian in no, the chat just says, randomly give me stars. Davian in the chat says my discless arrived from Sony on release, and it wasn't a mistake. That's interesting. You are the first person I've heard about having a discless version. This is garbage. Give me my gold star. Does Greg get gold star? I feel like we need to establish more rules. Into okay, the gold all right, right. you're asking a lot of questions. I'm going to give you a gold star to just quiet you down, all right? That's not how the system works. Yeah, I just, I, I just gave... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to no, give Bless Greg a platinum star. star. I'm going to give Bless a platinum star to stop asking questions. Thank you. Holy oh, shit. snap. I like this. Platinum, dude. Now I understand why Kevin likes these things so much. more than platinum. This is upsetting. I don't like this. I don't like how this... I don't like how this... This didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. <laughs> I, also, like I like it. I like it. My theory uh, did play out. More people did put on subreddits that they got uh, disc versions when they ordered discless. Really? Oh, there you go. Bye bye. Have a good show. Bye. Bye. I love James Holiday. Popping. It's fun. Yeah. No, I like this new system we're working with. James Holiday writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. It's like you can and asks. Jim Ryan has claimed that the PlayStation 5 is sold out everywhere, but thousands of players are still trying to get their hands on one. I can see a lower number of early adapters due to less disposable income in the pandemic or PlayStation having difficulty producing enough consoles. But what do you think this says about PS5's release? Did they produce too few, or was this deliberate? Was this a deliberate plan based off of the COVID nineteen pandemic? Tim, when it comes down to the situation right now that we're in, where there are the, no PS fives available, these things are sold out. People want them; they can't get their hands on them. How did we get here? I mean, Corona. Like that's a like that's such a simple answer. Did they produce too few? Absolutely. Was that the plan? No way. They're not trying to create some type of false. Uh, supply and demand. Thing who would here. do they, that? They, yeah, they would yeah, want. Not to, I mean, Nintendo. <laughs> who would do such a thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. But I, uh, I definitely they want to get these things. It's all about the install base. Like they're gonna want PS5s in as many households as possible so they can sell us games, right? Like that's why the PS4 is still getting games is because everyone's looking at it like, well, why wouldn't we put Horizon? Uh, Forbidden West on this system as well. Miles Morales, why wouldn't we put it when there's an install base of over 100 million, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to get that install base to to move over to the next gen as soon as possible. There's just the sheer reality of where we're at right now that it's harder to produce things. It's harder to get things in store. Every step of the process is more difficult in these times. So uh, there's no way that they they did that on purpose. On purpose. And it was, definitely was not a deliberate plan based off the pandemic from the sense of, people having less disposable income. Sony doesn't give a shit about that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. The pandemic probably being the biggest one where I remember earlier in the year reporting on stories about PlayStation five production. And I think these are coming out of uh, 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 Bloomberg, right? About PlayStation five production and uh, how expensive these things are to produce. And then that leading to less PS fives being produced because they're a higher cost. And so Sony was expecting less people to show up and actually buy them because they're going to be more expensive than the PS four. Uh, I think that combined with COVID kind of putting this uh, this fog on things in terms of what to anticipate, because like, you know, all this, all these these stories were coming out, I want to say in like April, March, April, May ish, right in the, in the spring. And that's when that's where things started to go. Uh, that's when things started to get crazy in terms of the pandemic and we're from home and us 
starting to realize how this is going to affect things in a wider way. Mm-hmm. And so I could I could see the the situation of Sony going, "Hey, we're going to produce less PS5s because they're going to be more expensive and we're not expecting that many people or as many people to show up for the PS5 as the PS4." Them then seeing the ramifications of COVID-19 and then going, "All right, we might even have even even less people showing up." because of disposable income, because of the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. But then the flip thing happening of, oh, shoot, gaming is seeing an, is seeing an uptick. Like, where other, where other industries are seeing a decline, like, people are showing up and buying video games and playing video games because it's the buying thing to hardware. do. Buying hardware. Buying hardware, yeah. Yeah, the Switch is seeing it's uh, one of its best years ever, right? Like, right now. Uh, I, think, I, I think that in conjunction with Sony uh, uh, producing less just in general, uh, leads to, yeah, what we have now, right? Where these things are sold out, they're hard to get. And even I'm, I'm sure even for Sony, they're probably wondering, hey, how, how quickly are we going to be able to replenish these things? And how quickly are they going to sell out then? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of conversations going on right now in terms of what do we do? Like, how do we continue to capitalize off just this? How do we continue going. to get these things in hands? The, the thing is, like, take Corona out of this entirely, it, the same situation would exist. Like, this is just how yeah. things are. Every console launch is like this. And if there if there's an exception, there's always a reason why it's an exception. We can look at it and be like, okay, well, it was the Wii U. You know, like, when we're talking about these major PlayStation launches, like, th- there's going to be many, many people that want one that don't have their hands on one at launch no matter what the situation when you add the coronavirus on top of it that's going to make this so much more complicated but uh i think that they did a way better job than i expected them to again i've said this a couple times i can't believe it is 2020 and both the xbox series x and playstation launched the major uh kind of uh sacrifice that was made was halo infinite which granted huge Mm -hmm. sacrifice right that was definitely missing this launch cycle but besides that, everything hit. That isn't that crazy. I mean, a lot of things hit. I feel like so much has gotten uh, uh, delayed in terms of software and in terms of like system features too. Like when we're talking about PlayStation, you know, you're missing expandable storage. You're missing a quick resume feature, which I still have theorized is planned, but they just weren't able to get it out the door. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's still. I mean, if you look if you look online, and this is going to happen regardless, right? But like across both platforms people are reporting crashes and bugs and there's the whole rest mode thing that people are scared of because apparently it's crashing systems and like there's still a lot going wrong that probably could have been bettered if it wouldn't yeah, if but that's how this works yeah. though bless it, if it came mm-hmm. out next february there'd be a whole list of other issues that people have that they're complaining about for good reason for valid sure. complaints but it's just like these things need to come out at some point and so many people were theorizing that these systems weren't going to hit this year because when you think back to as far away ago as june at this point when they were talking about these systems like in a major way and we're getting the ps5 uh, blowout it felt unreal that months later those systems were actually going to be in homes and they are now yeah i mean i'm st- i mean i'm still even blown away by it like i remember doing the ps love you episode with greg and we we're talking about should they delay the ps5 and I ultimately came down on the side of no, but I think there is still a lot of reason that reasons to point to in terms of, yeah, like I think in an ideal world, if both Xbox and PlayStation could have delayed till spring and that would have cost for a uh, a better launch launch lineup, even though I'll, I'll give it to but PlayStation it that they, they yeah. killed their launch lineup. Like, you know, that's not that's not really the big issue in terms of the PlayStation side, I think on the Xbox side, right? Like losing losing Halo. Uh, 
is kind of a blow, especially for me now, where I'm playing my Xbox and the main game I'm playing is Yakuza, which is an excellent game. Everybody should go play Yakuza like a dragon because that game is great. Um, you know, I think I, I think there could have been more there. Um, but even even in, when you look at things like system storage, which is the thing I'm going to keep coming back to because I am appalled by there being no expandable system storage available for PlayStation 5. Like, that's a thing that could have been remedied, I'm sure, by next spring if they had more time to work on it, if they had more time, more breathing room and like we'll see man games in general right it's actually gonna come like it's oh it's gotta be soon they can't sit they cannot sit for i'm gonna say a year with this thing not having expandable storage i think that would be egregious and i think they know that but do they give a fuck we'll have to wait (laughs) they got to because it's (laughs) ridiculous but you're right we'll we'll have to wait and see before we move on though i want to hear from you do you have any predictions in terms of sales figures like, do you, do you have a number in mind in terms of PS5s out there? No, because that's comp- there's there's too many factors I don't know. Like, I could, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know where to begin to to put a number out to even start the conversation. Like, we know there was a couple million, right? Hmm. I mean, do we know? Like, I I remember somewhere that I'm talking about that it was at least two million, but mm-hmm. this is definitely a kind of funny or wrong thing. I do not have enough information for this to like make a a valid assumption. Yeah, I think I remember the number floating when when we're talking about like manufactured. I remember the n- number floating somewhere from like seven million to like eleven million of PS5 consoles manufactured, and and I mean if they're saying they're all sold out, then we're probably floating around somewhere in there. Um, but like I don't know. I'm curious. To, I'm curious to see. I don't have any predictions because like I don't really. I'm. This is my first actual like console launch, paying like full attention to numbers and all these different things. But you know, if we hit let's say 10 million ps5s by the end of the year uh out in the wild then wow like that's that's cool like that, that like that, that that's a pretty wild number um but yeah actually i wanted good to for the playstation ecosystem and that's when we'll start yeah. getting playstation 5 exclusive games kind of funny.com slash you're wrong because i want to know what did the ps4 sell at by the end of uh 2013 by the end of the first quarter actually let's say by the end of the first quarter the ps4 being out how much did it sell i'm curious Let's move on. Story number two, Cyberpunk 2077 copies appear to be in the wild. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. The first known instance of leaked final version Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay has appeared. Per users on Reset Era, streamers broadcast around 20 minutes of the game's nomad life path from the beginning of the PS4 version of the game, which has now been taken down in multiple locations. It's confirmation that unpatched copies of the final game are beginning to make their way into players' hands. While we probably know the beats of the beginning of the game due to various official previews, the stream is a sign that we may begin seeing more meaningful spoilers emerge ahead of the game's launch on December 10th. After The Last of Us Part 2 leaked, spoilers were frequently set in, in live stream chats, comment sections, and on Twitter as unsolicited replies. If you don't want the game spoiled, it's likely worth beginning to vet where you're looking when checking Cyberpunk-related content. Tim, how worried are you about Cyberpunk spoilers? I, I mean... I'm not too worried. I feel like Cyberpunk's the type of game that I don't know enough about characters and story that spoilers would be super impactful to me. It's not like Last of Us where I was tied to characters already, you know, and like their fates and what might may or may not happen in the game. Like if I heard one sentence about a Last of Us 2 spoiler, that would affect my experience with the game, right? Mm-hmm. If I hear, like, I can't really imagine things being spoiled for me in Cyberpunk that are going to affect me in that sim- in that type of way. I prefer not to be spoiled, for sure. 
But, you know, like uh, Adam saying here, it's like, you know what to avoid. Yeah. Yeah, this this is striking me as dire as the Last of Us Part Two situation was for the reasons you said. Like, especially looking at a game like Cyberpunk, where it is so choice driven and mm-hmm. uh, uh, player driven in terms of how you steer the story and how you make decisions and all that stuff. Like, I don't think there's one sentence, and somebody's going to challenge me and then like DM me or some or something. Um, but I don't think there's one sentence you can spoil Cyberpunk with. Like, even even if it is like a X, Y, and Z die at the end right it mm-hmm. then becomes the question of like well do they have to and also who are they who because i don't know yeah, yeah i don't know these characters uh but as a psa yeah stay safe out there right like be aware of, of where you're looking the game is out or yeah the game the game is in at least some people's hands uh that said that means it's near i'm very excited about it it's Tim, so close man what, what what are your hype like I, gray asked me this a while ago and it, and it made me pause and think a bit do you think cyberpunk could pro- possibly disappoint you at this point? I, I mean, yeah, definitely. And, and disappoint me, I think, is less important than disappoint uh, the general public. Because mm. uh, there's so many more people that, that give a shit about what CD Projekt Red has done and Witcher 3 and all of the stuff that, like, I don't have that legacy. I'm coming in as a newcomer. And I'm looking at this as, if they're ever going to get me with this type of game, cyberpunk is it. Cyberpunk is dope as hell looking. And everything about it screams my aesthetic and i'm super super down to try this i love that it is a you know the bleeding edge of tech when it comes to ray tracing and all this stuff and i'm gonna play it on pc like i'm excited for this it's going to be a next gen experience right um so all of that i'm looking forward to i think that there is so much expectation for this game and you know there's been so many years of hype like we first saw when we first saw the debut trailer for this i was still at ign like Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy to think about. So with that, yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways this game can let people down if it's not a perfect 10, right? And I don't expect it to be a perfect 10. So disappointed, I think, is a weird thing with this game where if it's not the best thing ever created, it's going to be a disappointment. But I still think it's going to be a major success. And I don't even think it's going to to hit that level. I'm feeling pretty good about it how this game's coming together the delays towards the end obviously never never sound good it never feels good and obviously there's a lot of political things to go with that as well but uh it i'm i'm thinking that this game is going to be something extremely special and i don't think that that's a hot take yeah no for sure i'm looking forward to it the one thing that does bum me out is the next gen versions coming out later and not being there uh toward launch and this wasn't the thing that bothered me until i got my hands on the ps5 and actually experienced you know like ps5 native games and have understood the difference between how a miles morales runs and looks on ps5 mm-hmm. version how it, versus how it runs and looks on ps4 like playing the backwards compatible ps4 version of cyberpunk still gonna be fun because it's it's a game i'm looking forward to and it's a game that stylistically and genre wise and all these different things i'm sure it's gonna vibe with me because i like that type of game uh but I, I I I'm scared. My experience might be hampered by like playing it and being like, "Oh, this isn't performance mode." Like, "Oh man, this is this doesn't run the way that like all the other PS5 games I've been playing for the last month have been running." Um, not to say it's going to affect my enjoyment of the game, but that is going that that is a thing where I'm like, "Man, I wish I almost wish they delayed this so they could have like a parody launch because I'd like to wait to play this game." And yeah. part of why it is, like it is a bummer for sure. Yeah. Part, part of me working at kind of funny means that I'm gonna I'm gonna play it regardless. But maybe if I wasn't working at kind of funny, it'd be one that I'd wait for. Uh, 
but either way looking forward to it cyberpunk is almost here if i'm being honest with you Mm -hmm. i'm scared of this game really i'm scared i'm so daunted by the the size and scope of it all where i'm just like i don't know what i'm like where i'm gonna find that time you know because i want to to put time into this and i want to like let myself kind of sink in so Mm -hmm. We'll see. I'm excited because this seems to be a way tighter experience than you think it is coming out of The Witcher. Because like The Witcher, you hear people talking about putting in like 200, 300 hours into that game. And from what I understand, like this game is probably like a 40 hour experience from front to back. Right. And like it's made to be replayable. And so, you know, you're going to have all these different types of experiences replaying it and coming mm-hmm. back to it. And I'm sure I'm sure going and doing side quests and all that stuff is going to extend the time way beyond a 40 hours. but the idea of a tightened up uh, CD Projekt Red game, CD Projekt Red deep RPG that you can do what you want, behave how you want, like cho- choose your life path, all that stuff. That sounds very ideal to me in a way that if it was a 200 hour long game to mainline, you know, I'd be like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Like that seems like a, a big commitment. Like I like the fact that it seems like it's going to be uh, pared back a bit in terms of that. Yeah. And I've never really played a Western RPG. Really? Like, not this type. Like, I, you know, I never really played Fallout or any of that stuff. So it's like, I'm a Final Fantasy guy. And if I can put 40 hours into Final Fantasy VII Remake, I can at least give this one a shot. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, not, I'm excited to see what you think. Because I think if everything goes right, this could be the game that turns Tim Gettys into like a Western RPG fanatic. And that scares me. I that could be so cool. Happen. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Story number three, speaking of JRPGs, uh, there's a new The World Ends With You game that's been revealed. What the living fuck? Yeah. I can't believe it. This is from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. Uh, And I have a a trailer here, Kevin, for you to play uh, in the background as I read through the story. Colt Square Enix role-playing game The World Ends With You will get a follow-up nearly 14 years later. The original The World Ends With You launched in 2007 on Nintendo DS, though found a new new lease of life over a decade later with an enhanced final remix version for the Nintendo Switch in 2018. Square Enix's long-awaited second game, Neo The World Ends With You, will launch for Nintendo Switch and PS4, yes, 4, in summer 2021. Once again, the action will take place in a stylized version of Tokyo's Shibuya District, uh, where a set... A set of fresh, fa- fresh and familiar faces will be back to battle for survival. This time around, Shibuya is created in full 3D, but it keeps the original comic book aesthetic. Tim, they bring back the world ends with you, but they refuse to do anything with Jeff Force Gemini. <laughs> what, what, what's wrong with this world? <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I <laughs> you know don't what I mean? know what you mean. I don't know what you mean at all. Did you ever play World Ends with You? No, I didn't. I feel like it is a bless ass game, man. Just the whole vibe of it. There's like this this hip hop aesthetic to it that I think that you would really, really dig. Having said that, uh, the little I played of the Switch uh, version just it didn't have the same kind of magic like the remake of mm-hmm. the the DS one. Uh, at least not for me. I think to me, uh, the World Ends with You was very much a time and place situation. Uh, and and looking at this. I'm shocked it's happening. I'm so stoked for the people that have been like waiting for this for 14 years. I can't say that I'm excited for it. It doesn't look no. like what I'd be looking for from a 2021 World Ends With You game. Mm. Uh, but hey, I hope I'm wrong. I just like, I look at this and I'm like, all right, cool. This is, this is going to be a, a solid 7.5. Oh, really? Like what about it doesn't speak to you? Uh, I don't know. It's just like, 
it looks kind of generic. Like it doesn't look like it's taking the what made World Ends with You necessarily special. Like that, there was like gimmicks associated with it, like being on the DS. Like there was like something that was like, oh cool. Whereas this just kind of looks like a. Let's put out another one. Like uh, just a game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like all right, cool. You're running around. You're, you're slashing. The boss looks kind of cool. I like that there's a big boss, but again, that's not something that necessarily screams World Ends with You to me. But um, again, hope I'm wrong. I hope this like gives everybody that's like super stoked for it exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, you're absolutely right that the world ends with you comes off as like a, a blessed ass game because it looks like it's always reminded me of a fusion between like Persona and uh, Jet Set Radio. Mm-hmm. Like it has it has the vibes of, of if those two did a fusion dance, yep. which speaks to me. Like I'm very into I'm very into those things, but it's it's always been one of those things of like, uh, all right, like do I want to put I. I don't know anything about the world ends with you outside of the trailers I've seen. And like, it's, it's one of those things of like, do I want to put it in time to this thing that looks cool, but also like at this point is old and I get, and I get like Neil, the world ends with you, right. It's going to come out and it's going to be new, but I get, I get similar vibes as you where I look at it and I'm like, all right, yeah, this looks cool, but I don't know. Something about it doesn't speak to me all the way. And who knows, maybe it comes out and I, end up playing it and falling in love with it errol um, m in the so chat says generic with its unique art style okay uh it's just like i feel like that art style was unique in 2007 or whatever it was when yeah. it came out but we've seen so many things similar in the last generation that i it doesn't really have that special something anymore and I, that's missing and then uh someone else in the chat I, I lost it but they're like yeah this looks budget as hell and it kind of just does have that budget vibe mm-hmm it doesn't yeah. look like a, a real sequel to the game. It kind of just looks like, oh, here's like a spinoff. And I'm like, that's not necessarily what I would expect if they were to ever do a World Ends With You sequel so many years later. But it's what we got. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I, and I'm happy to expect for... anything from Square. Let them just give you things and then decide if you like them or not. Yeah. And then you respond. Can't expect a single thing. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm 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 definitely though happy for the world ends with you fans. I saw the pop on Twitter when they posted this, and I was like, good for y'all. Like the the shift to 3D it seems like it's going to be a bit bigger. Like good for y'all. That seems cool. Uh, speaking of the world ends with you, there's also an anime incoming. This is Jordan Allman at IGN. Square Enix has revealed that the anime adaptation of the world ends with you is coming in April 2021. You can watch a new trailer for the anticipated adaptation in which protagonist Neku Sakuraba. Uh, saunters around Shibuya and sets a frog on fire, among other things. The final screen for The World Ends With You, the animation's latest trailer, notes a release window of April 2021, so fans won't have to wait too long for it either. Cool. You gotta love the anime adaptations to video games. Did you ever watch the Devil May Cry anime? I did. Which is a weird thing for you to bring up. Because that's a weird show. (laughs) I remember watching it. I forget if it was like on Netflix or how I watched it, but I watched it when I was like in high school. And I remember being like, yo, this is kind of sick. Like, this is kind of dope. And it, I, it I went back cool. recently. I went back recently after DMC5 came out uh-huh. or Devil May Cry 5 came out. And I was like, all right, maybe this wasn't <laughs> as cool as I thought it was. It, but yeah, it, it, had a, it had a unique style to it that back then I feel like I had a similar experience to you where I vibe with it. I mean, I love Devil May Cry. The story was weird. There was that little girl, and it's like, okay, cool. Dante's a babysitter mm. now. All right, not the plot I would have thought you'd go with, but sure. Yeah, no, you got to love it. Uh, So shout out to anime adaptations of video games. Story number five, this one's a heads up. There's an autosave bug in Watch Dogs Legion. This is Joe Scrabbles at IGN. 
Watch Dogs Legion has had a widespread issue in which autosaving simply stops working on Xbox Series X, an issue Ubisoft is now aware of and will release a fix for in early December. It's not clear what causes the bug to kick in, but players report that hours of progress can be lost after autosave seemingly stops, uh, either stops working or ignores recent checkpoints. It's a particularly particularly serious issue given that Legion doesn't allow auto manual manual saving, and console versions only have a single autosave slot. The problem seems to only affect the Series X version of the game, with multiple players reporting the issue on the Ubisoft forums, Twitter, and in emails to IGN. Off of this. Wispa writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, just like you can, and says, Hey, Blessing Tim. So Watch Dogs Legion is currently unplayable on the Series X. The autosave feature is bugged, and for some bizarre reason, the game doesn't include a manual save option. So every time you close the game, you're you're likely to lose game progress. According to the Watch Dogs Twitter, there won't be a patch to fix this feature until December. Mm. I was unaware of this issue before I picked up the game in the Black Friday sales, I've lost progress from all three times I've sat down to play the game with various ranges of progress lost. First time was just a cutscene, second was one mission, and third time was three to four hours of tech point gathering and team recruitment. Seeing as it's nigh, it's nigh on impossible to, pro- to progress in this game, do you think major bugs like this should be placed in a warning before buying the game or placed in the game descriptions on Xbox slash PlayStation stores, etc., or... Does it does it fall to the consumer to research any possible bugs for any game they plan to purchase? Thanks, Wispa. It's a big question here, Tim. It is. Whose it's, responsibility it's, is it with this stuff? It's very interesting, and I, I don't know that there's an answer that can be placed across all games, right? Every everything is kind of like case by case with this, because I think that the requirements of like what would need a warning and what wouldn't need a warning, like what is that line? right Mm -hmm. what qualifies as game breaking what qualifies as like hindering your experience to the point of needing uh, a kind of disclaimer having said that i do think that there are some things like this that are like really egregious and like really a bad look for the for the game especially a game as big as watchdogs right um but i don't know It, it definitely it can't fall on xbox or playstation it would have to fall on ub to do that but it doesn't really behoove them to do that. So I don't see them ever doing that. They'd rather spend the time fixing it. At least that's what they, they would say, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I also don't know if it's necessarily should fall on the consumers to to look for if there's any bugs. You should just expect that the game works. But yeah, it's 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 a rough one, rough one. Um, because like I think this is somewhat of a unique situation because Ideally, I think this would have been caught in reviews and in uh, coverage coverage of the game leading up to release. Both Watch Dogs Legion and the way it released, right? Like it came out on uh, uh, the Xbox One and the PS4 like weeks before it came to next gen systems. And with that, like you imagine that reviewers are probably not reviewing, or at least at least many many reviewers aren't reviewing the next gen version of the game. And so with yeah. that, like it probably goes under the cracks and then people get their hands on it and they're like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with this version of the game? I didn't hear anything about this. Uh, and so I think in that regard, it kind of sucks. But then also, yeah, like in terms of who, whose responsibility it is, I mean, I think ideally and like ethically, it'd be awesome if Ubisoft and big companies like put that in their in their description or like noted somewhere that, hey, if you're going to buy this, just know the game's broken right now. <laughs> like this, this shit isn't working. But to what you said, it doesn't necessarily behoove them to do that. And of course, like if they do that, they're probably doing more to, the, to their own selves more harm than good in terms of game sales even if it, it's probably the right thing to do um it's a it's a complicated one and again like very unfortunate like i remember 
this kind of reminds me of like when I would go to buy games before I was like super tuned in to the industry and reading news every day, right? I remember buying Brink for uh-huh. the PS- PS3 in like a bargain bin, and I was like, oh man, I remember watching the trailer for this game. The trailer for this game looks fantastic. Oh, it's only $5 now? What? Man. And like, I remember buying it, getting home, putting it in, being like, oh, this game fucking sucks. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that was, I mean, technically that was on me, right? And like, it's somewhat of a different issue because that game didn't have a save bug it just wasn't a good game yeah um but similar in regards to like that kind of came down on me because like as a consumer i have the choice to look up reviews and look up uh Mm -hmm. what people are saying about this game and be informed um it's a big ball of wax that i think a little bit of responsibility kind of lies within uh everybody involved right being the developer being playstation and xbox on the certification side of things to make sure the game works on their system and their platform and then also uh uh I forgot what I said first, but us as a consumer, right? Like, know yeah. what we're getting into. It, I mean, I, I've talked about yeah. this a bunch of times in, in the past, but uh, Prince of Persia, Warrior Within. I love the Prince of Persia trilogy on the, the PS2, Xbox, GameCube era. And uh, in Warrior Within, which is the second game, there was a game-breaking bug right before the final boss where there was, like, this, like, bridge you're crossing and the game would just not... A door just straight up won't, wouldn't open to get to the boss. So I unfortunately got that bug that only came if you saved at certain points and like it just like would unlock it. Mm-hmm. And so to this day, I've never beat the final boss in Warrior Within and it pisses me off. I had to watch the video and this was before YouTube was a thing. So I had to like download a video off Kazaa of someone beating Warrior Within in like a proto let's play. God. <laughs> just to Her- see the ending. Remember when there was a was it other M that there was a game breaking bug where people would get stuck in a room and couldn't make it out and then Nintendo would would send people SD cards to put in their Wii? That doesn't sound familiar, but that would not kinda funny, surprise. Kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if I got that correct. There was something along those lines that happened uh, on the Wii, I think. And like, you know, these these things happen, right? Like, especially in, in QA where you have a limited amount of people. Yeah. or QAing these games and you get the game out in the hands of millions and then you discover things that you weren't able to discover in your limited team of let's say maybe like 20 people you know maybe like I don't know how big QA teams are but they're definitely not millions yeah. uh, and so like these things are bound to happen kudos to Ubisoft for at least like acknowledging it and being like hey we're gonna put out a fix in December December f- seems like a long time but it's also Thanksgiving and there's also a pandemic and there's and, a lot of things happening. So that's the weird context to this is what sucks is December is way too long for this to be acceptable. Yeah. Like we're talking an entire week of this game breaking situation that they're not going to fix. And it's like, okay, but you know, it is the holidays. So there's a lot of things that go into that. Although they're a worldwide company and a lot of the world doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. So True. I don't True. know. I feel like this should be fixed faster than than that, especially when they are bringing awareness to it in the way that they are, which is not <laughs> truly apologizing and say, hey, don't buy this, which I get why they wouldn't want to do. Tim, before we mm-hmm. make our way to story number six, I want to tell people about our sponsor, of course. People can go to patreon.com slash games where they can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you, or yeah, brought to you by... What the golf? It's snow time. Tim, mm-hmm. tell us about what the golf? It's snow time. So you can see it here. Here's the deal. Snow time is here, baby. It's a what's the golf update. Greg Miller loved what's the golf when it first came out. And he wasn't uh, alone. It won a whole oh, bunch yeah. of awards. I also loved what what the golf. Yeah, in, including yeah. Uh, it won best mobile game at the GDC Awards 2020 and 
uh, IGN's Game Awards 2019. So everybody loves this game. It now has this update. It's snow time. Uh, the only thing you can count on in this winter-themed Apple Arcade game is constant laughs alongside the goal of golfing just about any object imaginable, including hot dogs, bless. If you ever wanted to golf Whoa. a hot dog, now is your chance. Uh, this features Finally. 30 new levels, Snow Scientist, and a limited edition Winter Trophy. What the Golf It Snows Time delivers winter-themed comedic gameplay for mobile gamers of all ages. You can get it now exclusively on Apple Arcade. I know a lot of people just got brand new iPhones, and if you did, you get three months free of Apple Arcade, so you have no excuse. Go check this out. Uh, and if not, you should give it a shot because it is available exclusively on Apple Arcade. What the Golf It's Snow Time. Uh, something that I really liked about this Tribant, the developers behind the, the game, uh, think that hitting things and seeing them fly is by far the most fun part of golf. And I agree. Like when you think about it that way, there is something, there's something nifty yeah. about just hitting things and seeing what happens. So anyways, what's the golf? It's snow time. Check it out on Apple arcade. Yeah. What the golf is a great time. It's a golfing good time. Some would say, uh, Tim, I want to recommend you what the golf, if you haven't tried it out, because uh -huh. there's a lot of references in that game that I think you would appreciate. There's like a lot of deep cuts. There's a okay. lot of deep okay. cuts, like beyond hot dogs. Well, I got my uh, iPhone. I got my Apple arcade. Yeah, so let's go. Dude, go for it. Story number six, Bioware and Ubisoft veterans create yellow brick games. This is Marie D'Alessandri at gamesindustry.biz. A group of industry veterans from the likes of Bioware and Ubisoft founded independent, independent studio Yellow Brick Games. Based in Quebec City, Canada, the founding team includes Mike Laidlaw, former creative director of Dragon Age franchise uh, at Bioware, where he spent 14 years of his career. His most recent experience was as creative director at Ubisoft. He's joined by Thomas Giroux, Jeff Skalski, and Frederick St. Laurent B., who collectively have experiences at Ubisoft, Bioware, Electronic Arts, and Activision Blizzard. Yellow Brick Games will be led by Giroux as CEO, with Skalski appointed COO and executive producer, Laidlaw Chief Creative Officer, and St. Laurent B. Uh, game Director. The new studio promised to, quote, further cement the region's leading role in the global entertainment scene when, when it's... Uh, when its first project, first original project, which hasn't been revealed, but already has a team of 15 employees. It seems like it seems like the team is not solely based in Quebec, Quebec City, with Frederick St. Laurent B. noting that the rise of remote work has rewritten the rules, giving them opportunities to recruit outside of the city. He, for instance, mentioned Montreal and other countries. Cool. Very new game cool, man. Video. Yeah, man, Montreal blowing up. It's insane. Oh, I yeah. know it's Quebec City, but it's just, I remember last year, oh, it couldn't have been last year. It must have been two years ago now. Uh, we were at the GDC uh, Nintendo Indies thing, and it was like 10 developers there, and like eight of them were from Montreal, and they all knew each other. They're all hanging out, and they're all friends. And I just think that there's such a cool community up there that they got going on. So, you know, more, I don't want to call them new blood. They've obviously been doing this for a long time, but like more new devs studios i think is always a, a good thing when we're talking about this level of talent yeah no yeah shout out to new studios i do want to make fun of them for a quick second go for it kevin i've linked in the doc uh page there about us and in their last paragraph i have i, I have here i'm going to read the last paragraph right uh they write Yellow Brick Games is proud to be an equal opportunity employer and strongly believe that the best creative teams are made up of diverse members and strongly encourage people from all backgrounds to apply. Games are for everyone and the market is global and evolving in real time. A team with a rich mixture of perspectives and skills is best equipped to excel in such a dynamic environment. Don't do Kevin, it to a bless. Don't do Kevin, it to him. <laughs> if you can scroll down, 
to their team. Tim, what's wrong here? <laughs> what's wrong with this? What's wrong with the paragraph I just read in the picture we're looking at? And, hey, well, let's hope. Let's hope that when we look at this picture in a couple of years, it looks very, very different based on that paragraph. Let's hope, man. Yeah, I don't want to just like roast you for the sake of roasting people, but like, it, it's just one of those things where like I went, I just, I went to learn more that, about the studio, went and read that paragraph, and then looked down, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Why did this? Those one two things don't add up. <laughs> Why did this one guy here look like he was just told his like mom has cancer? And they're like, oh, but we need to take a photo right now. Like, so, you know, try to smile. Jeez. Too far, Kev. Too far. Too far. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Look at his expression. Like, something's not right in his household is all I'm saying. Jesus. They should have waited to take the photo. But, yeah. It, it's, one of, it's, it's one of those things, too, where I don't want to go on, like, a rant or, like, get on my soapbox. But, obviously, like, people will apply places or people people will want to work places where they see themselves representative represented and i look at that picture and i'm like dude if i was a person that wanted to work in the industry right and i looked at that place i'd be like i don't know if i'm gonna get a job there because they seem to be hiring a specific type of person uh and so again like don't just talk the talk walk the walk i hope to see yeah when they expand their team that they ha that they do include way more diverse uh, voices and i guess we didn't i didn't explain for the people listening to audio right like the team is a team of like 15 people and it is all white dudes just straight across the board. You need to explain, bless. They yeah. get it. <laughs> and so like, again, you know, like walk the walk. Don't just talk the talk. Tim, mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see when uh, more studios in the industry embrace diversity and get in a way more diverse group of people to work with them. Uh, but that might be so far away. If I want to come out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Is Kevin there? Yeah. Kevin, there he is. It was muted, my bad. Out today, we got World of Warcraft Shadowlands for the PC. And that's it. We got some new dates for you, Whoa. though. Yeah. Uh, Defintron is coming to Switch and Steam on December 17th. And then Swords of Gargantua comes to PlayStation VR on December 8th. Uh, now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write it at patreon.com. It's kind of funny games where you can get your questions read on the show, just like BJ Bernardo did. BJ writes in and says, hi, y'all. If Sony decides to, to uh, just make Game Pass, but with Sony games, what features of Xbox Game Pass would you like to see carry over to Sony's version? Thanks, BJ. BJ then links us to an IGN article uh, that's called PlayStation Simulate Planning a Response to Xbox Game Pass. It's an article by Joe Scrabbles. I'm going to read a little bit of it to give some context. Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan says there's, quote, news to come on a PlayStation response to Xbox Game Pass. Microsoft's popular subscription-based subscription game service. In an interview with TASS, Ryan was asked about PlayStation, about how PlayStation will respond to Game Pass, which has become an increasingly attractive value proposition for Xbox in recent years. While not explaining exactly what the response will be, Ryan did make clear that, quote, there is actually news to come, but just not today. Tim, if PlayStation finally decides to go after Game Pass, Outside of just PlayStation Now, because I know PlayStation Now exists. Mm -hmm. What do you want to see from that? I mean, just copy it exactly, right? Like, mm -hmm. in a perfect world, like, what do I want to see from it? Day and date, first-party titles coming to the platform? But, right? like, realistically, though, because that's I not going to happen. Do yeah, you think that could that, happen? That's what I said about Xbox, and here we are, right? 
I know mm. we're still the joke. Oh, we're still waiting for first party exclusive titles. They're coming. We're getting them. And that, like we know even way, way, way more are about to come out in the next couple of years. But yeah, when it comes to PlayStation, like I, I don't know like what I, the answer to this even could be. Xbox kind of nailed it. They delivered on the promise. Like with Game Pass mm-hmm. having the library that it does, with it offering all of the, I guess like uh, a more interesting answer would be some type of cool partnerships a la the EA Play thing or the Disney Plus perks that uh, Xbox has, right? Like I think that it's cool that it's the Game Pass isn't just the Microsoft thing and the deals they make, but you also get the EA Play and like it kind of opens up the library that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, I'm 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 basically right there with you, right? In terms of like Xbox Game Pass, pretty much has it figured out. Like I was thinking about this just the other day, you know, just I I was I was scrolling through Xbox Game Pass and thinking about how, you know, we've had the discussions in the past about is this going to be the ubiquitous way in which we start interacting with games, the way in which we start uh, buying games, right? Like, are we going to be are we going to be uh, on the side of hey, we're I'm getting everything on Game Pass. I'm getting everything via subscription service instead of buying games piecemeal. And I don't know if we're ever going to make that jump fully, but Xbox Game Pass does feel like it's hit its near peak in terms of, yeah, this this has cemented a a way in which people are playing games now. Like, I was talking to my sister on the phone yesterday, and we were talking about, like, Christmas and stuff. And she has uh, uh, two kids, right? My two nephews. And... I was talking about, hey, I was thinking, I, I asked her, I was like, hey, if I gave them my Xbox, like, would you, would you be cool with that and stuff, right? And, like, I was kind of going through the motions in my head of, like, yeah, if I get them an Xbox and then get them Xbox Game Pass for a year, my, my, my sister won't even have to worry about, like, games. Period. And, yeah. yeah, then, like, they can just coast off of that, like, yeah. off of a bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, that's an incredible, incredible thing, right? Totally. That, for such a little works investment. That good. It's such a little investment, and it works so good that it can become the core way in which you you play these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, it's it's a beautiful thing, and especially when you look at Xbox with the the backwards compatibility and like how vast the library is on Game Pass going through Xbox's history. That's what I'd love to see from PlayStation. Like, and that is equally as like, yeah, not really a chance. We're not going to see that. But how dope would it be if it just worked? Yeah. Now on the flip side, do you think we'll ever get? Nintendo Game Pass. <sighs> you have it a little bit already. I mean, with NES that's online, the thing. online. And and those get so much hate, and people shit on them all the time, and they are not perfect by a long shot. Why did Donkey Kong Country Two just get there? Why are there? Why is Earthbound? Why is there still, still no Earthbound? There, yeah. There's so many like bizarre choices like that. Uh, but it is insane that on my Switch right now I have the collection of NES and SNES games that I do, like all available whenever i want to play super metroid it's there and i don't need to pay another five dollars to download it again (laughs) you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. how many times are we going to rebuy all of these games to have the collections uh so the the offerings are fantastic of what is there not to say it's not perfect it's perfect because it's very clearly not yeah and where's n64 and where's gamecube you know game boy game boy advance Come it's on. upsetting because I feel like we, we use the phrase Nintendo is going to Nintendo all the time, but like they're in the ideal spot for that kind of service, right? When we're talking about catalog and we're talking about back catalog that people would actually go back to and play, right? Like mm-hmm. they have that. And if they did go beyond just the NES online and SNES online and created this, uh, I'm just going to call it Nintendo Flix, right? Like they made Nintendo Flix and was like 
hey, you know, it, it doesn't even have to be day and date new games. It could be new games come to it like years after the after, after the matter. Even mm-hmm. if it was as simple as, hey, our whole back catalog is playable, and we have like we have it available to you through our, our through Nintendo Flix, right? Like that alone, I think would send like would make ripples. That would be a huge thing. That would be a huge deal that we go crazy for. But yeah, again, it, it's Nintendo's interesting. Nintendo. I mean, the the I, I'll never forget how disappointed I was when Nintendo announced the pricing of the Switch Online, and it was so low that I was like, "Well, there goes the dream. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way they're going to give us what you're talking about for dollars a year. Like, if you have seven friends that have a Switch, you can end up getting Switch Online for literally dollars a year. And it's like, cool, you do that, then you have NES and SNES, and that's nice and that's cool, but." We're never going to get N64 with that. We're never going to especially get GameCube. You know, I would much rather pay more to have all those things. But Nintendo going Nintendo. You, you think we're going to get N64 online the way we've gotten NES online and SNES online? Or do you think I mean, we're being lost? I think that, I think that that's gone for now. I mean, I, I do think, so where we're at right now is we would have got it this year. We would have got it in September had they made the decision to do that. Because they usually, you know, announce the new exciting thing uh, to keep you having your switch online thing this year was mario 35 which all right cool mm-hmm. uh but i i can imagine when the switch pro comes out i can see a kind of relaunch of an online system and i wouldn't be surprised if we do get something more similar to what you're talking about then but hey, at this point why am i trying to get my hopes up like i remember in 2017 we were talking about the switch launching and like all the ideas and dreams of what that was going to look like and here we are which with an amazing system but there's just certain concessions that we just all need to be honest about and understand that Nintendo, they're good at Nintendo. They're good at Nintendo. Now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Voting block uh, wrote in and says, Miss News, the last list officially ordered to series on HBO. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I saw that and I kind of counted it more toward the entertainment news because we've already reported about the last list HBO series. On and I figured. Cast. Yeah, and then yeah, we like about that last week. There you go. Yeah. Uh. And then people are talking about how there are more people that got the disc version of the PS5. Nail Biologist writes in and says Sony sold 4.5 million PS4s in Q3 uh, in 2013. That's the quarter that PS4 has dropped, and so that's a good illustration. Yeah, 4.5 million PS4s, and so we're talking about over or under that for PS5s. And obviously, that's going to come down to like how much they produced. Mm-hmm. But if they produce enough, then yeah, like I'm, I, I think they can overtake that. Oh, let's see here. What else we got? What else we got? Uh, Greg says, uh, "Bless, you're right." And then he links to the Kotaku article talking about how. Uh, People were were trapped in a room in Metroid Other M, and then yeah, Nintendo would have to uh, send them send them a fix uh, to get them out, to fix their save. Bless, I'm gonna read this one from Jared. Go for On it. Last show, the hosts were wondering who Toonchi was. It's Lil Wayne. Come on, guys. Who are the hosts? Who the, the last fuck show? were the hosts on it? I think it was Greg and Asa Green River. <laughs> Greg, I get. How did Asa not know who Lil Toonchi was? Toonchi. Toonchi. <laughs> Oh, little Wayne. Why, why does everyone have a second name? You know what I mean? <laughs> why not? Big it's rap, Kevin. I don't know. Man. Everybody That's has crazy. at least like five names in rap. Do you, you know how many AKAs. different names Kanye has? <laughs> it's Kanye. 
It's the Louis Vuitton Don. It's Martin Louis the King Jr. It's Yeezy. It's Yeezus. Yandy. Oh, man. Yeah. Yandy. God. The eras. Too many eras. Too many. Too many napkins. (laughs) Don't even get me started on how many names Eminem has. Uh, Tomorrow's (laughs) host for KFG look like this. It is me and Greg. And then the rest of the week we have off for Thanksgiving. If you're watching live right now on Twitch, right after this is going to be in review, Joker. So Joker. get hyped for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, game daily. Jeff Grubb says, I've only ever been Jeff. <laughs> 